let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Ecclesiastes 12.13 Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. We have three short Psalms to read this morning. Psalm 52, 53, and 54. And then we're going to look at Proverbs 31, which is actually the last of the Proverbs. Uh, There's only 31, and this is probably the third time we've completed this uh, since we started doing this Wisdom and Encouragement series a couple of years ago, uh, which means, Lord willing, next week, as we continue the Psalms, we'll move into Ecclesiastes uh, as our wisdom portion. And so that's uh, the plan. So today, the three small Psalms and then chapter 31 of the book of Proverbs is what is on the agenda And I just pray that uh, these words would go forth, they'd pierce your hearts, and cause many of you to draw closer to God. Uh, Both Psalm 52 and 53 are kind of like, all of these three are written by David, but the first two are kind of like written to the wicked. Um, Psalm 52 is an example. Uh, The introduction is to the chief musician, Maskil, a psalm of David, when Dueg the Edomite, came and told Saul, and said unto him, David is come to the house of Ahimelech. And then Psalm 53, a chief, chief musician upon Mahalath, Maskil, a Psalm of David. And then Psalm 54 is actually very short. It's only seven verses, but it's a prayer of David that God would deliver him from his enemy. So, with that backdrop... Let's open up our hearts, and let's see what the Word of God has to say for us this morning. Let's start with Psalm 52, verse 1. Why boastest thou? Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. Thy tongue devises mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather to speak righteousness. Selah. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living. The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in wickedness. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. And I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name. For it is good before thy saints. So that's Psalm 52. Let's just recap a little bit. 
So he's, he's saying, why are you boasting, mighty man? Like, why does your, you know, your tongue devises mischiefs. You love evil more than good. And you would rather lie than to speak righteousness. You know what? I think about the, the leadership around the world today. Those who rule the nations. Love lying more than righteousness. You look at the media today. Just openly, knowingly, willfully lying and deceiving. And they're arrogant and prideful. The psalmist, the psalm here, David, he says, Thou lovest all devouring words, dece O thou deceitful tongue. But he's saying, your end, yeah, you're getting away with it. Right? We see them, right? They grow old. They get to do this junk for decades. They just get, keep getting away with it. They just can continue to build upon their wickedness year after year after year, devouring the poor. You see, we look at life sometimes and we don't look at it in light of eternity. We think this is our life, you know, and we, we, we realize that our lives are passing away so quickly. We're like a vapor in the wind. And that's true about our life here on earth. But if eternity is real, like if we really believe that, then this is just a small little blip. It's hardly anything in the light of eternity. So yeah, these people, they get to do this for a while. But what is their end? God shall likewise, verse 5, destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living. You see, the righteous are going to inherit the earth. The righteous shall also see and fear and laugh at him. So there's two things happening here. The righteous will see what's happened, the judgment. They'll have a little, that'll cause some fear because of the power and the righteousness and holiness of God. But then the end result shall laugh at him. He got what he deserved. Lo, this man that made not God his strength but he trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. He didn't, so he didn't trust God. No, instead he believed in his own power, his own wisdom, his own money, and he used those things to continue to strengthen the wickedness that he was committing. Last two verses, just to recap real quick, but I, David says, am like a green olive tree in the house of God. What does David trust in? I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. David's not saying I'm perfect. He's saying, no, but I trust in God, not in myself. I trust in God, not in my riches. I'm believing and trusting in God's mercy for me. And I will praise him forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. Let's move on to Psalm 53. Two, two very famous Lines in this psalm. Let's start with the very first verse. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Corrupt are they. And they have done abominable iniquity. 
There is none that doeth good. So please note right out of the gate. Those who say there is no God, they're, they're fools. First of all, I don't even believe that they actually believe that. That's just what they want to believe. Why? Because they love wickedness more than righteousness. That's what it boils down to. They love evil. Love it. That's why they hate God. And then furthermore, they pretend that he doesn't even exist, even though it's clear that he does. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Why? They are corrupt. It says, corrupt are they. They have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. Verse 2, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek God. Verse 3, every one of them is gone back. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Real quick, Paul quotes that or refers to that psalm in the book of Romans in chapter 3 when he's trying to say, hey, he's trying to point out that both Jews and Gentiles both need Christ for salvation because there's none that's real, that's done good, right? He says, verse 9, what then? Are we better than they? He's talking to the Jews. No, in no wise, for we have before proved both the Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Paul's making the point where I believe the point's being made for us in the scriptures, throughout the scriptures, that there's no reason to be prideful. We've all fallen short. None of us have sought to do good. God has reached down and showed mercy to some of us. And he's given his spirit to some of us that we might walk in his ways. But apart from his grace and mercy, we are unable to do that. We can only do it through his power. Verse 4, have the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people. As they eat bread, they have not called upon God. There were they in great fear where no fear was, for God hath scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. Thou hast put them to shame, because God hath despised them. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion, where God bringeth back the captivity of his people. Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. That's Psalm 53. Let's read Psalm 54 real quick here. Seven verses. Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God, and give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers are rising up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto my enemies." Cut them off in thy truth, and I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye hath seen his desire upon my enemies. 
And so that is our Psalms for this morning. Let's move on and get some wisdom to start our week. Proverbs 31, 31 verses, the words of King Lemuel. Let's see what the what God's wisdom has for us this morning. Verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. What, my son, and what, the sons of my womb, and what, the sons of my vows? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink, and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb, and the cause of all such are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth satisfy, or doth, doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle doth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold a distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches for her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. And she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in her gates. That is Psalm 31, which really should be a, or I'm sorry, Proverbs 31. I mean, we should title it, 
what is a virtuous woman according to God? Like everything is so well spelled out here. What that looks like, what her role is. Remember, this is written by a woman. Or it says the words of King Lumiel. It says the words of King Lumiel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Okay, so it's written by him, but really it's a prophecy from his mom. And one of the first things she warns him is, don't give your strength to a woman. What's he, what's she say? Give not thy strength unto women, nor the ways to that which destroyeth kings. She's saying, don't give yourself over to like those passions. To like that, like don't allow that to rule you. Don't be foolish with women. Furthermore, don't be a, a person who's drunk on wine. You're not going to be able to rule properly that way. Save the wine for those who are near death and those who have a heavy heart who could use a, a glass of wine. But don't let that be what rules your life. Don't let that be a dominating factor in your life. And then they describe, or she rather, his mother describes how rare it is to actually find a virtuous woman. So the first warning is don't go after women. I mean, we saw what Solomon did, right? And that was really his downfall in so many ways. It led him astray, led him into false gods. She says, don't go after women. Find that virtuous woman, which is like a rare ruby. Like very few of them exist. But And then she goes, this is what they look like, though. This is what they do. They're going to be called blessed. Look at what they look what a virtuous woman accomplishes. Who can find a virtuous woman? She says, for her price is far above above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. He trusts his wife. He knows she's going to take care of these things of the household. He doesn't have to worry about it. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She's committed to her husband. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. You see, she's the one going out, making sure there's food in the house, taking care of, the, taking care of business here. She rises also when it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. This virtuous woman, she, she loses sleep. She's up early, making sure that the people of her household are cared for. She considereth a field, listen, smart businesswoman as well. She considereth a field and buyeth it. And with the fruit of her hands, she planted the vineyard. These smart businesswoman, this virtuous woman, she says, oh, there's an opportunity she buys the field, she plants fruit, now plants a vineyard, now her family's prospering and eating from that work that she just did. She girdeth her lines with strength and strengthen her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle doth not out by night, does not go without by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. 
She stretches out her hands to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's working with her hands. She's not slothful. She's not lazy. She's making business decisions. She's running the house. And in the midst of that, she hasn't forgotten about the poor and the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household will clothe with scarlet. In other words, when the trouble comes, when the storm comes, when winter dumps 10 foot of snow, she's not worried about it. Why? She's prepared in advance. There's food in the cupboards. The kids are clothed and warm. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. And when he sitteth among the elders of the land, she maketh fine linen and selleth it again. She's a businesswoman. She delivers girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. And she shall rejoice in time to come. She opened her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. See, when she opens her mouth, what comes out of it is not nagging. It's not arrogance. It's not foolishness. It's not crass and coarse joking and foul language. What comes out of her mouth is wisdom and kindness. She looketh well to her household and she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. She don't have time for laziness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. And her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excelleth them all. Favor is deceitful. This is how it ends. Favor is deceitful. So yeah, favor comes and goes, right? Well, they like you today, but maybe not tomorrow. Beauty is vain, right? And it doesn't last forever. But a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. She doesn't need to speak for herself. She doesn't need to say, look what I've done, what she's accomplished, how her kids behave, how her husband adores her, how well the house is taken care of. All those things speak for themselves. That's what it's saying here in that last verse. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Well, that is our wisdom and encouragement for this morning. I pray you've been blessed in the powerful name of Jesus. I tell you, we live in a culture today where that statement that a virtuous woman, a woman who's described like what that proverb describes, really is priceless. Really is nearly impossible to find because very few women strive to be that. And in fact, many women of our culture today, or at least what is pushed on our culture, right? By propaganda, through the educational systems, especially higher education, through uh, Hollywood, through social media, through regular media, all of it's pushing the narrative that that woman that's described right there in Proverbs, like that's just not right. That's just not fair. That's just oppression from the patriarch. <laughs> but God says, no, nah, 
This is what a real virtuous woman looks like. This is what a woman who fears God looks like. You find this woman, it's more, it's more rare and more uh, valuable than rubies. Well, there you have it. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.